When there's a treatment in which the cells can be injected directly into the target area, which is often the case with the joint injection into a closed space, then there is a broader range of types of stem cells that will be beneficial. I'm with Dr. Todd Ovakaitis. He's a medical doctor who is one of the early pioneers in this field, this incredible growing field of regenerative medicine. Dr. Todd, it's great to have you on the set. I would like you to describe why it is that stem cells are able to more or less not age. There's only possibly two types of stem cells within the body. One is sperm cells due to, we believe, telomerase. And the other are what you've termed as V cells. And this is new work, correct? Also sometimes known as B cells. So give me a little rundown of what the acronym or what the initials stand for and why these cells are so special. Mm -hmm. So a V cell stands for very small embryonic-like stem cell. Okay. And that is important because there are very early stage stem cells, but just past the embryonic stem cell stage. And there was a big controversy, especially in one of the prior administrations, the Bush administration, where there was restriction on research in stem cells, but it was really targeted to embryonic stem cells. And mainly because of the concern about abortion and them, their origin and coming from cells that could have been, say, fetal tissue, for example, right? That was a big part of it, that okay. right to life issue and mm -hmm. the appropriateness of the type of tissue from which the cells would be harvested. That was one of the ethical issues. Uh -huh. Another issue is the more medical issue with embryonic stem cells, which is that they are so powerful that they can actually form tumors. So it's the only type of stem cell that has been associated with any significant potential adverse effect. And that term is tetrogenic, is it? Uh, the teratoma? challenge is exactly teratoma formation. Okay. And that is a benign tumor, and it's a weird tumor because they can grow very big, as big as a cantaloupe, and have all the different types of tissues in the body. So in essence, it can be a cantaloupe-sized hairball that has skin and teeth and nails and blood vessels, and it's really gross and ugly, and don't want one of those. You don't want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and what's important is just past that stage, we get into the realm of the so-called V-cells, which are very small, and they're pluripotential. Meaning? Which means very importantly for regenerative medicine, that they can become any type of cell in the body. Potentially over 400 different, 420 different cell types. It could become a liver, it could become a spleen, literally? Yes, and wow. in fact, depending upon the conditions in which you place the V cells, it has been shown that they can become nerves or heart muscle or skeletal muscle or pancreatic cells or cartilage or whatever type of cell that a particular organ or tissue might need 
for a regenerative purpose. So when you say you place, are you talking about if you inject directly into the knee, which at, at some point we mentioned uh, in our prior conversation that you could do it almost blindfolded, it's so easy to inject, or into the shoulder, whereas the hip's a little more difficult. Right. Uh, but if you were injecting, say, towards the spleen or in the lungs, does that just go into a general IV and it hits the lungs first? Is that a, Give me a little rundown so I get a sense for how do we correct these 420 different cell types of which unfortunately most of us are aging regardless of, let's say most we all are aging right we all have a sentence that at the end stage there is going to be an end point so how do we fight this disease that i'm going to call disease aging and more importantly what are the applications uh and so let me start with the first question before we get to the application so injection and placement where, where are we at with that mm -hmm. well stem cell therapy in general is a very broad topic. We could spend a whole week just talking about all the different types of stem cells that there are in the body. There's a whole hierarchy. Okay. And I'll keep it really simple. Mm -hmm. It starts out with the true embryonic cells, what are called totipotent, which means that a single embryonic stem cell has the ability to make a whole new person. And that's extremely powerful and more powerful than is generally desired from a therapeutic standpoint. And there are some labs around the world working with them, yet I think the potential hazards are so great that why not work with a cell that we know is safe, which is just one step beyond it, which is pluripotential. And what that means is that as we undergo embryogenesis, the embryo splits into three different layers, the primary germ layers, mm -hmm. and each of those layers makes a whole different set of tissues. So the ectoderm makes the skin and the nervous system, for example. The mesoderm is the muscles and joints and cartilage and tendon, and the endoderm is largely digestive functions like the liver and pancreas and stomach and intestines and colon, for example. And there is a process whereby you start with one type of cell, three layers, and then everything else. So a pluripotential stem cell has the ability to go into any of those three layers and make any of the types of cells. So for stem cell purposes, if the goal is to actually replace an aging or damaged organ with true robust cells, then the pluripotential cells are going to be the most generally powerful. The biggest issue with stem cell therapy is a, are you able to actually get the cells there where you need them? Okay. B, if you actually get the cells there, will they stay there? Mm -hmm. And then three, if they go there and stay there, will you actually get the repair that you're looking for? Now, I know you've created a novel uh, additional treatment to get the stem cells, essentially to go to the area and remain as much as possible. Uh, and you referred to it as photoacoustic. Is correct. that correct? That is the right word. I was paying attention. <laughs> and by the way, we, you're a good student. We've known each other for quite a while uh, through mutual acquaintance and uh, th through through uh, going to conferences. But um, we were together at the 60th birthday of of Tony Robbins, and we just met each other like for a reason, for right. sure. So. 
Dr. Todd Ovakitis, this therapy. So what would you do? You would hold this device, like say in the shoulder area, you would do it in injection and the stem cells are essentially going to stay in that area. Did I describe it in layman's terms correct? When there's a treatment in which the cells can be injected directly into the target area, which is often the case with the joint injection into a closed space, then there is a broader range of types of stem cells that will be beneficial. Okay. So injecting a joint, mesenchymal stem cells from fat, mesenchymal stem cells from cord blood, mesenchymal stem cells from the bone marrow, they can all be beneficial, as well as the type of cells that we work with, which are the very small embryonic-like stem cells, abbreviated VSELs, and more conveniently, called simply V-cells, like V for victory cells. Okay, and that's cool. It's easy to remember, uh, sell those cells, V-cell, <laughs> and with minus one L. Right. And so with these kind of therapies and in treatments, we can then move the stem cells probably to the abdomen and the pancreatic area. Uh, is there a contraindication for cancer patients? I know one of the colleagues out there in public forum um, addressed that issue and claimed that uh, his work with uh, cord blood stem cells, uh, specifically, I guess, MSC, that uh, he did not see an increased risk or worsening of the cancer condition. Uh, indeed, he purported that there was some improvement, possibly due to improving improvement of the immune system. Is that possible? A very good question. It's still a research area that is the relationship of stem cells, different types of stem cells and different application and delivery methods for treating cancer, or at least in association with cancer. Some might have a bad knee and you want to fix their knee and they have cancer as underlying problem. And thus far, there has been no association with the use of stem cells in any aggravation of cancer. Good to hear. And there are two areas that suggests a potential benefit. One, as you say, is that it may strengthen the immune system. Okay. I mean, part of the immune system is a so-called natural killer system for its ability to literally find a tumor cell and literally like hand-to-hand -hand combat, the natural killer cells will specifically eliminate a tumor cell. There are some people doing work, primarily in Mexico, not so much here, where a person's natural killer cells are harvested, expanded in culture, and given back to the person to give them a specifically augmented anti-cancer immune system. That is one of the more advanced methodologies. There's another area that's also extremely interesting, which is the suggestion that a normal stem cell may be able to instruct a cancer stem cell to behave more normally if it's in the right proximity with the right communication. Yes, I've read that in the journals and the research. That's exciting. Dr. Todd Ovakaitis, uh, we're going to have in the show notes some ways to reach and contact you. Uh, we're going to continue with another segment. Please share. This is amazing breakthrough research and information. And I understand that um, not only is it research, but there's application. Certain people are candidates to benefit, and they're evaluated individually. And those who are accepted into that uh, process uh, can avail themselves. And they don't have to necessarily travel out of country. That, that, that's the most exciting thing to me because I've been all over the world. I've had 
treatments in various parts of the world. And um, I, I'm just excited that uh, we have an opportunity now to assist people who live in our own country. And a lot of this work with stem cells originate with some of the top scientists. And I know in the next segment, we're going to talk about some of the Nobel Prize laureates that you've been in contact with and uh, some of the publications that are coming out. This is Dr. Nick Delgado. Stay strong, living beyond 100, healthy and happy. Thanks, everyone. Please give us a review on iTunes and we'll be happy out of the group of reviews to choose a lucky winner of one of our award-winning products. It could be EstroBlock, Adrenal DMG, Stem Cell Strong, or even Power and Speed. We'll ship you a bottle at no cost. You'll enjoy it just from basically giving us a review on iTunes. Also, visit DelgadoProtocol.com. That's DelgadoProtocol.com and take our free hormonal quiz. Looking forward to assisting you to be your absolute best.